Jumpin' Jack Flash, it's a gas. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, Celebrity Book Edition, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Goss and Me, by Keith Richards, art by Theodora Richards, published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. It's our 300th episode. If you can't get enough of This Goose is Cooked, be sure to check us out on Instagram. And if you want to show us your love, you can give us a 5-star rating on your podcast app, leave us a donation, suggest a book, or grab some merch to show your love to everyone else on our Zazzle shop. Now to the review. We're going to celebrate our 300th episode reviewing a book from a member of one of my favorite bands. For those who don't know Keith Richards, he's an English musician, singer, and songwriter. He's a co-founder of the band The Rolling Stones. He and The Rolling Stones have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rolling Stone magazine ranked him the fourth greatest guitarist of all time in 2011. Yeah, if you don't know Keith Richards, what do you live under a rock? Gus and Me is Keith Richards' telling of his time with his granddad and how he developed the love to play the guitar. Will this be a crazy drug-induced tale that keeps us on the edge of our seat? I sure hope so. We haven't had a good celebrity review in a while. I know you can't always get what you want. Well, a start me up and let's get this thing going. We begin learning about Theodore Augustus Dupree, whoever the hell that is. It turns out his house is full of cakes and instruments. With that, we can make the assumption that time may not be on his side. With all that saturated fat, I'm sure he's not going to live very long. But this guy seems to be a cake-loving renaissance man. He can play a bunch of different instruments, and to go along with being a baker and being in a band, he was also a soldier. He must have been the best guy to share a foxhole with. This guy is just salt of the earth. Well, it turns out this guy was Keith Richards' granddad, and he went by the shortening of his middle name, Gus. Why didn't you say so from the beginning? I would have been paying a little more attention to his background. I'm out here with my head in the clouds, dreaming about wild horses or some shit. Now we get into Keith's experiences with his old granddad and the excitement of going to see him. We see Gus waiting on a friend. Quote, He'd be waiting at the front door for me. Fix the sink, Gus. My grandmother would call out. Can't do, Emma. Gus would call back. Keith and I are going for a walk. He'd wink at me and whistle for... Mr. Thompson Wolfed, and our adventure would begin. End quote. Judging by the picture, Mr. Thompson Wolfed is no man. He's a dog. Yeah, I don't think Gus would be whistling at the neighbor. It's definitely a dog. Anyway, anyone who's in a relationship had their ass cheeks clenched on that one. Don't want to play with fire. I thought grandmother was going to rip his head off for saying no. But then I realized, Gus is a genius. He's hiding behind his grandson to get out of work. To every guy out there, 
Take note. What else did he do right? He had his shoes on for one. And secondly, he was halfway out the door and could close the door quickly and act like he didn't hear her response. What's that, dear? I'll be back soon. Now what did he not do? He didn't yell back, I believe in equality. Fix it your damn self, woman. See, that would have been a death sentence. We would have seen the bitch hand out some rough justice. This man was a veteran in more ways than one. He sure as hell knew what he was doing. On their walks, Gus being the musical man he was, would not stop humming songs. And on one walk, Granddad leads Keith up to the top of a hill, and it got so late, this midnight rambler says, let's spend the night together. And they had to spend the night outside. I'm sure Keith was yelling, Give me shelter! Thank goodness they didn't run into a street-fighting man. Why didn't the family put out a silver alert on him? Sounds like Gus was losing it, stumbling around out there. I can't believe he was let outside at all. Keith decides to shine a light on another walk with Gus, where they wandered to an instrument shop in Lunday Town. But with the way Keith describes it, it sounds more like it was Santa's workshop. Quote, I watched as they bent over cellos, trombones, and trumpets. They dabbed at the drums with glue, and tapped at them with tiny hammers. End quote. Yeah, if they weren't elves, I don't know who is. Oh, Jaws, I've got to turn the book sideways to read that it was this time at an instrument shop when Keith fell in love with music. It's only rock and roll, but he likes it. Though, how could he not love it? There was so much glue in there, he was probably high as hell. When they find their way back to Granddad's house, we don't know how many days it took them to find their way back. The book doesn't say. But when they got back, Keith had his eyes on a guitar on top of Gus's piano. Gus told him that when he reached a certain height, he could have the guitar. Does this guy have a heart of stone? Just let him have it. What the hell does height have to do with anything? It's not a roller coaster. It's not like if he starts to strum, he'll slip out of the strap and end up with his head wedged between the strings. Well, finally Keith reaches the right height, and Gus teaches him how to play the guitar, and then tells him if he learns to play a song called Malaguena, he will be able to play any song. And guess what? Keith learns the song, which sets off an over-six-decade drug-filled bender of a career. I'm sure there was some sister morphine in there. That is some talent. If he was able to accomplish all that while being that impaired, I mean, that guy has been pretty beat up. I'll definitely remember that song, if I ever decide to pick up a guitar. Imagine how much I could accomplish on only half the drugs. Well, Keith wraps it up, letting the reader know that he still has his first guitar. And whenever he does anything with music, he thinks of his granddad, Gus. How nice. What a tearjerker. I ain't no fool to cry, but it's a heartbreaker. And there are a few pages at the end that tell us a little more about Keith Richards and how the book was made. We know what this story was. It was a documentary about Keith Richards' childhood and the people and experiences that inspired him to be a great musician. It's relatable, 
and may even inspire others to pick up an instrument or to go after their dreams. As long as your dreams haven't been shattered. Keith's writing in this, like I previously stated, was relatable, which is a huge plus, and I'll admit, I had no expectations. I also believe I learned a great deal about his childhood, which, if you're a fan of the Rolling Stones, was interesting. But all that being said, some of it was a little awkward and seemed to drone on, so if you aren't a fan, you might be trying to find something else to do by the second page, like tumbling dice. As for Theodora's pictures, I would assume she's named after Gus. There's got to be a connection there. Her pictures were definitely unique, which I can certainly appreciate, especially in a celebrity book. And they changed perspective quite well. They also helped to add context to the story. The illustrations were more like sketches, and not the most technical. So much like the writing, if you're not a fan, you may not be happy with them. Before they make me run, some of you might say, David, you're not giving a definitive review. Do you have mixed emotions? No. No, I do not. This one gives me plenty of satisfaction. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a hard 3. I'll have a heapin' helpin'. This goose is cooked. Celebrity Book Edition. Join us next time for another in-depth book review. Come back next week. But you can go home. It's all over now.